Welcome back to another thrilling installment of Buffs and Blindsides, the pure, unadulterated, unedited, unregulated Survivor 44 podcast, supported by listeners like you. None of that corporate sponsor nonsense. So let's get into it. This week we're tackling episode 11. Spoilers ahead, so if you haven't watched already, go catch up on the network and streaming service that shall not be named. Um, Is there a reason that you started boycotting their name, Tim? <laughs> Did they do something to you this past week or just feel like I, no more corporate shill without representation? Yeah, just no more uh, corporate BS. <laughs> okay. I'm done with it. Maybe, uh, maybe I'm just um, boycotting in solidarity with the writer's strike Ooh. that's going on right now. I like that. Even if that wasn't the initial plan, that's the new one. We stand in solidarity <laughs> with the Writers Guild, so. I, I don't know if, is there like a writer's room for Survivor? There has to be, right? I would think someone that's like, it's probably just the producers from like shaping the arc of the story, I guess. Might not be writers. I don't know. That would be interesting if the next season is halted because of that. Or they might have already started filming. They are in the middle of filming, I think. Okay. I don't know. Well, speaking of Survivor 45 news, if you want to get into that. Oh, I think that's a great place to start. Wow. So we got some big news, I think, for the first time in Survivor's history. Um, we're going to have a full right. season of 90-minute episodes starting in the fall. So, uh, well, What is your initial thought? First take, Tim. How do, how do you feel about 90-minute episodes? Uh, you know, we discussed this at length in a previous episode, so, like, mm -hmm. I think the take that we came away with was pretty much, I think 90 minutes is inherently good, like, it's, on the surface, it's a good thing, we get to see more, uh, it just depends on how they're using those 90 minutes, really. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Like, this is definitely has the potential to be a really great thing, but this could also be a very bad thing, so... We'll see. Something to keep yeah. an eye on. Yeah, exactly. We're, I think I'm feeling pretty confident after what we've seen this season of how balanced the edit has been, being able to see everyone's kind of motives when going uh, to tribal, some more of that camp life, learning about people's backgrounds. Um, I think we've had a pretty solid balance of that this season. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm optimistic about this next season. Yeah, I felt like early on and if this news came out earlier in 44 i would have been more nervous when it kind of felt like we were in this advantage saturated like crazy phase but this season's had a very odd advantage curve where it felt like we had so much of it early and now it's like okay we get the occasional idol and you know the passing reference to shot in the dark but other than that it's a, just a clean game um so i i'm excited i think that means that their learning balance is good um which is definitely the case with advantages like you do need some just not too many and hopefully they're seeing that, you know, the more time you just show people on screen, the more, I don't know, at least the circles I'm in, people have been enjoying these more recent episodes where it's more focused on the, the players and the, the actual game itself, not, not the advantages within the game. Yeah, which is kind of interesting since it seems like they cut down on advantages just from 43 to 44, which were filmed like back to back. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of interesting how that's played out so far. Maybe they're saving them all for like the last few weeks. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. 
I don't, yeah, I uh, agree, because I think 41 to 42 kind of had a similar curve, right? They just ended up, like, doing a lot of stuff and then realizing, even without, like, fan input, just from them being on the show and the people on the show, like, that they needed to tone some of it back. Um, so as much as Survivor does try a lot of things, and we might give them a lot of crap for trying a lot of things, like, they self-edit pretty well. Like, the advantages that we've kept from these early, from the new, you know, drop the four, or, yeah, drop the four seasons are, like, I don't know. I like I like most of the ones that have stuck so far. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that with 90 minutes, they're going to use that time for the right reason. Yeah. So do you want to get into this week then? I think let's do it. They drop us right back in the bombshells of Caroline. Caroline coming back to camp to with her closest ally. I, I don't even know. Maybe her closest friend. A close friend of hers on the island getting voted <laughs> out last week in Franny. I don't know how to how to stack that up, but I, I wouldn't say closest ally. You're right. It you're seems right. Like the the TK three is pretty yeah. close. Yeah, but but yeah, I mean, she kind of loses it, which I guess kind of proves what they're saying about leaving her out of the vote in some ways. Oh, I think they were definitely right to leave her out of the vote. There was no way telling her was going to go well. She, yeah, she would have caused chaos. So, I mean, For good sure. move on their part. I mean, also good on Carolyn for being protective of her allies. I don't know. Yeah, right. That only that only benefits her. I think Franny was... I think this game feels a little bit like half the people left have a good chance to win and then half the people left have no chance to win. Um, and I think whenever you can get rid of someone who's on the the chance to win side of that equation without pissing them off, it, it's a good day. So as much as I'm sure Carolyn wasn't happy in the moment, like looking at her position now, especially after another episode later, she's got to feel pretty OK how everything played out. Right. She's got a close friend on the jury now. So who's going to convince another close friend on the jury? So, um, you know, yeah, that, that um, could easily be two votes for Carolyn is all I'm going to say right there. Matt and Franny. For sure. And then after that, I guess we're kind of getting the fallout from Heidi voting for Danny, which what's your thoughts on this? Man, I said it last week and I stand by it. The Franny Carolyn play to switch the vote to Heidi at the last minute was so dumb. (laughs) Just keep in mind, Danny would have been gone last week. Like no one made a big enough deal about that, that if they had just like listened to Heidi and gone with that, Danny would have been gone. Um, so I, I think Heidi is just always feels like she's a step behind. Mm-hmm. I guess technically, if you look at it in a different way, she's a step ahead, right? She voted for Danny last week and then Danny goes home this week, but she doesn't vote for him. So I don't know. Um, we'll see. I, she just always seems like she's not quite on the right page. So I guess I wasn't shocked. I was shocked at how bad of a liar she was. Like when Danny basically says, Jam Jam says, you voted for me. And then like, her reaction is just speechlessness and like, well, uh, for like five minutes before going, Jamie or Lauren, I can't remember who she tried to blame, but I was like, I do not know how this is working for you, Queen. Like, I think this should be getting called out as a lie pretty quick. Yeah, honestly, after this week and this tribal, it's kind of like. Surprising or maybe just respectable that she's survived like three weeks at tribal with votes thrown her way and um, not like throwaway votes either there were like definitely people right. targeting her and, i mean maybe this week you say it's a split vote so it's not truly targeting her but 
Th- those were not throwaway votes on her, right? Is how I'd say it. Yeah, and and also she had an idol in her pocket. Like she went three weeks without playing that idol. She I has mean, an idol. Yeah. I'm so bad at keeping track of these advantages. I forgot Carolyn had one until this week. She, okay, Heidi's okay, got an idol. I was, right. was going right. to bring that up as well. I completely forgot that Carolyn had an idol until totally this forgot. week. Um, which is good on them because it's kind of like, I guess it kind of goes along with the storytelling in a way that like, oh, no one knew that she had this idol all along. Um, and we forgot about it as viewers. That's kind of cool. Yeah, I also, um, I did like that part. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into this more later, but while we're off on this tangent, I also love that, like, it feels good when someone has an advantage that you forgot about. Like, I, again, when you're so advantage chat traded, that's all you're talking about. And even if you're not using it at this vote, you know, you're still planning how you're going to use it. Like, I'd way rather, way rather just have people sit on them, us forget about them until they need them. Right. We got this wonderful reminder of Carolyn's idol this episode, and then it made a huge moment. And it just felt like a very natural arc to it and not like a forced, like, Look at these crazy advantages they have, Ark, which was which and was really it, nice. And it did feel old school in a way where it was like, okay, in recent seasons, people get an advantage or an idol and they will not shut up. Like true. <laughs> you tell so everyone true. about the idol. Um, Immediately, with no I delay. Think, I think that's exactly what you're saying here, Evan, is like because it was out of the picture, we weren't it wasn't talked about at all because no one knew that anyone had this extra idol yeah um, which was nice it was just like okay we don't have advantage talk because they're only the person that has this advantage knows they have this advantage and they're saving it for a rainy day i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah for sure um going back to heidi's does anyone know heidi has it i mean if i, I definitely didn't so um well, has she I, don't, I don't i don't recall if she did but i okay. feel like she didn't i don't think anyone knew yeah okay that's what i was thinking too is that she had not so it's exciting hopefully means we'll get another good good play um yeah you'll you love to see a smart idol play even if it's not necessarily needed or successful like a smart one is always good yeah you have to think also that um they would be suspicious of someone having an idol because Mm -hmm. who whose idol was it that got played it was um danny's idol right yeah got played and then everyone was searching to get the replacement one yeah um so after going a while and not finding it i'm sure they're suspicious that someone has an idol yeah um i bet so but although they might all end up thinking that that's carolyn's right that like she's the one it could be yeah i think that it's from tika beach um honestly with the way tika's tribe was like whittled down to three i probably would think that that idol got played on their beach and died there so uh, it's exciting good pacing of advantages is nice right uh what else did we get before the challenge carolyn the lobster queen love that for her loved her little claw that was so cute (laughs) um i am i think my favorite scenes of survivor are are actually just the ones where they go swimming in the ocean um, and so I loved getting to like see her swim with the fish and as she's narrating, like talking about, you know, singing the little mermaid and just having fun out there. Like that is the part of the show that I'm like, I would personally really want to do. So I always get jealous. Well, when, it, well, when we have time for those scenes and her confessional there almost felt like a fourth wall break where she was totally just did. like, it was like, everyone's always talking about the game. I would, I really enjoy these moments where 
I get to step away from the game and like just kind of go out, relax or explore. Um, she went out swimming as we saw, and, and it just felt like a fourth wall break there because like that's what we're enjoying as viewers, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. It was just very, it was very wholesome. You got to, like, and even then it's part of it. You saw her and Jam Jam's relationship and how, like, this isn't just two people who are leaning on each other for this game. Like, these are two people who really like each other and who maybe have both always been, like, a little different and have really just kind of found solace in each other. And, like, you know, that's why Jam Jam maybe is able to make the move he made last week and know that it's all going to turn out okay. Um, And so even moments like these are, I feel like, some of the best reminders we get of the interpersonal dynamics on the island. Agreed. Uh, anything else before the challenge? I don't think so. No, I think that's all I have. Um, but man, I know that they did it last year, season, so I shouldn't be like so happy about it. But great challenge, <laughs> great challenge. Yeah, I, it's always an exciting one. It just kind of, in some ways, makes my skin crawl. <laughs> like it's just, it's it make it's so an anxiety inducing. Uh, mm-hmm. of a challenge i know i would never want to compete in that challenge but Fair. it's entertaining it's you can't look away um we have jeff literally drowning people on national television they're literally getting waterboarded it's hilarious um, um yeah i i first off carson made the con- i think it was carson about how he practiced this one in his bathtub <laughs> i really want to know what that looks like does that just mean he's drowning himself in his bathtub is he like putting a like baking cookie sheet out and like putting his face up through that like how did this happen carson how did we test this one out yeah grabbed like a like an oven grate or something and yeah just like oh, that it- could be. <laughs> i like that solution put it over the bathtub I, yeah i don't know how you really practice that aside from maybe like uh laying at the bottom of a bathtub and like maybe filling it above your head so that you kind of practice that snorkel technique that we usually see Mm -hmm. um but that was interesting maybe he just 3d printed a bathtub and bars (laughs) perfect did the challenge um that that would make total sense on brand. The craziest thing is just how long this challenge is. And in newer seasons, we never get like that. In the past, it was always elapsed time, however long it had been. Mm-hmm. And they'll show up on the screen. But the first we hear of this is when Lauren's the first to drop out. And it's already been an hour. And yeah. Just like, it wasn't, the tide wasn't even that high at that point. And I was just like, this challenge is brutal. <laughs> it's just definitely such a, like, will thing. Especially when you get to a certain point where you don't have no clue how many people are left. Right? I think that's an underestimated yeah. part of this, is that once that water is up, you can't look around anymore. You're just staring up at the sky. You can't press mm-hmm. here. You have no way of really knowing how many people are left. So it definitely isn't like, oh, I need to outlast one more. This is truly just how long can you make it, and you hope you're the last one standing. Which I think is part of what makes it so fun. You you gotta dig in, as Jeff would say. And you gotta as dig Lord, in. As Lauren was mocking. <laughs> I'm so glad she mocked him. Yeah, I don't know. I do always get annoyed when he, like... She's, like, clearly frazzled out there, as I think anyone would be when they're being waterboarded. And he's, like, <laughs> grilling her about it. And she's like, Jeff, I, I can't answer your question right now. And then he's like, oh, haha. And then he asks her another question. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Okay. It's fine. You're casually torturing well, I these think... people. 
I think she did say something to the effect of like, what did you say? Can you ask that again? Oh, okay. All right. You know what? I'm still going to blame Jeff, though. Can't um, waterboard someone and interview him during it. Anything else about like, I feel like for some reason it's been however many months since the last season. But mm-hmm. I think that this season felt a bit more like tough of a challenge. I don't know. For some reason, it feel like it felt like people were actually drowning themselves. <laughs> I'm totally going to say it and go on the record. They definitely changed the way they set up this challenge so that there would come a point where the water was going to be completely above your head and it was going to become a breath holding contest. Like, OK, they were never going to run this challenge again and like risk the, the tie again. Right. Like the tie worked. Yeah. The first time if, if we got a tie again, everyone, I think, would have been kind of like you really didn't fix that in the first time. So. I have no clue if this is true or not. My thinking is that they lowered that grate in the water and the idea being that eventually it would just drown you out. Like, I just feel like the water yes, was so way that... higher this time than it did last time <laughs> on them. They're, they're just like, oh, we're going to take that risk now that someone just dies on Survivor. <laughs> yeah, competing for a challenge. It's worth it. It's worth <laughs> it rather than uh, having a, a lame ending to a challenge. Um yeah, maybe that or just like the time of year or something that the tide that is higher too. or something. I, you don't know. I um, also I do have one gripe with this challenge. I will say they need to adjust it for the thickness of your face somehow. Like, ooh. like, you know how we adjust the height challenges based on your right. height, right? And things like that. I mean, Jam Jam and Heidi are able to stick their entire like portion of their head. Uh, through the grate, right? And those two are sticking out because they made it far. I think there were others who could do that too. Mm-hmm. Danny must have the girthiest bad boy of a face <laughs> you've ever seen because he could barely get the top of his nose peeking out through it. And like, I'm not going to like try to say that it's rigged. Like, I'm not saying that or anything. I just think yeah. it did seem a little unfair to me how much more they were able to get out than he could just because of like face facial geometry, <laughs> for lack of better words. Yeah, or maybe like how big your nose is. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, and and also like you could see some people stick their legs through the top and like kind of uh, brace themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't know if everyone if there's a room for everyone to do that, but it, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I guess there's got to be some degree of like uncertainty there, or like. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, not like they it. actually need to measure and custom make grades for each person's face. Maybe we just like change the shape of it so you know there's like a bar that runs both ways. So, like, you know, you can't really stick your forehead through it too. Um there's like I feel like just easy ways to fix this problem so it's a more level playing field is more my point. Like just add some crosses going the other way too. Yeah, sounds good. So Jam like a Jam challenge. Won. Music was great. Yeah. So music was music this whole week was fantastic. I will bring it up at like three other points this episode, but music was fantastic. Yeah, Jam Jam is the new challenge beast taking over for Franny. For sure. <laughs> Gonna for sure. win challenge all the, of the challenges. Week. Yep. Oh, of the week. Okay. Maybe of the season. You, you we'll don't see. know. There's we'll still see. some challenges. There's still time. Um, but I definitely feel like this has not been a challenge beast season so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else about the challenge? We're gonna go go back to camp. No, I think we can head back to camp pretty safely. I would say. All right. Um, you want to leave this discussion because yeah. I don't have that many. Notes. I don't have that much here either. Um, 
this week's episode was kind of interesting. Like, I feel like I really enjoyed it, was living in the moment. And then I like looked at my notes. I'm like, oh, this list is short. So I actually went back and like rewatched the episode again. And rather than adding more to my notes list, like I was able to have a bunch of big picture things. So I don't have that much for this, but I have a lot of like larger stuff we can talk about later. Okay. Um, yeah. I... My, my, literally what I have for this section is just a thank God that Caroline has such an expressive face. Like I love <laughs> when they're able to just like show a plan getting made and then like show her reaction to it and see how much she like hates it and like how repulsive it is. Like, based on the look on her face. I think that's so fun. Um, so I just really enjoy those parts of the show. We got several of those this week. Yeah, and at Tribal. Yeah. I would say that this is a pretty good pre-Tribal. I think we got a chance to see pretty much everyone talking about uh, their different options, maybe motives for voting a certain way. I think Heidi was probably the only one that we didn't get to see much of. But everyone else... I think we did get a little bit of like, okay, here are the options that I'm weighing here. Uh, and we're seeing kind of where everyone's at going into tribal. I yeah. don't know if you agree with that assessment. No, I completely do. Uh, to your point, I think we had a great job of like understanding what every person was thinking in terms of their game. I would have loved if we could have heard Lauren or Heidi maybe more expressly say why they did what they did. Mm-hmm. But again, that might have spoiled it if they showed that. So I'm hoping we'll get a little bit of that at the start of next week. They've done a good job, I think, like tying up and putting a ribbon on the bows like at the start of next week a lot this season and i'm just hoping we'll get that here um i think you know in summary right like the tika three is really proving to be a very solid three um because they each provide something really like really different it feels like Mm -hmm. um jam jam's kind of got that like comic relief just like the guy you want around um you know carolyn has this like she sniffs things out. I mean, like, I don't really know if there's like a succinct way of putting it. She just seems to read the situation well. We've seen a couple times now where she's like snuffed out what's happening despite no one telling her. Yeah, um, I think I've seen some people comment about that, especially this week, that like she can detect BS like really well. Really? Um, like, and some people kind of chalk that up to her being a drug counselor. So she probably deals with people that are lying to her face yeah, <laughs> hours every day. Um, and hey, I enjoyed... person read that FBI interrogation guide. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I wrote down this quote from her when she was just like, is that the for real plan or is this the fake plan? <laughs> when she was that. talking to Danny <laughs> after he had his confessional where he's like, well, now we have to make up like a fake plan or something. <laughs> yeah. And then he goes, no, no, it's the, it's the real plan, bro. Yeah, and, it's the and real then one. And to go me. talk to people about the actual real plan. Trust me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Source, me, I said so. Yeah, and then I think Carson just does a good job of, like, pulling people together. I feel like he's been, like, the glue that's just kind of keeping things calm. I guess, like, preseason, you know, I think we both thought he was going to be this, like, spazzy little guy who was going to, like, panic and overplay his (laughs) hand. And I gotta say, I don't think he's done that once yet. Like, I don't think he's even come close to it once. Um, No, super calculated. Super calculated. Very good under pressure, it seems like. Um, And so he's just been this, like, calm kind of guiding hand for the entire operation and it it's been fun to watch them work they were a trio i never right. would have told you i would have liked this much but i do enjoy watching them go to work yeah and you know i think this whole episode is kind of giving me uh 
some some Carolyn Winter vibes, or at least I the Tika really three. At least I, Tika three Winter vibes. <laughs> I really felt like this is a Carolyn Winter vibes episode. Um, yeah, it, it, I don't know. Just we definitely went back to. I think last week I said you know we got our break from Carolyn and Jamie. I'm ready to get them back. You know, this was our welcome back to them this week, and it was. It was fun. They they just make the episode feel. They give it a great tone when they're the ones driving it. Right. Um, you kind of get the casting. roller coaster. You get the emotional ride, but you also like. They're just rootable people. You know, you're rooting for all of them. Great casting choices as well. Just for real. Characters. Um, definitely. You want to get into tribal? I think so. Th- this tribal was a roller coaster. I will definitely say this was far and away the best tribal of the season. Um, yeah, I have that down too. <laughs> not even remotely close. And for as many wrong predictions as we make, I want to shout out, and this isn't a prediction, but I do think our analysis was right. And I know we've made this point before that like we have so many game bots that they're you know very cautious with what they say at Tribal and they don't really want to take people on. They don't want to risk it. And finally this week we saw people take each other on at Tribal and it was like, yes, this is what we need um, with Carolyn and Danny kind of going at it. And, and it was so pleasant. Right. Yeah, it it was good to see that. Just like um it, it felt like a personal beef being brought up. There. Oh, it totally <laughs> felt like a personal like beef. Like a hundred percent there. Uh and it just reminded me of early Survivor. Just like you don't have that anymore. Like there's no like I'm gonna bring this up at tribal because i hate this person or something like that doesn't mm-hmm. really happen anymore everyone's too worried about their game yeah um and it does they don't want to a camp i feel like but to your point it's a tribal really you like cover that over tribal is really about like getting through it without changing the plan at this point i feel like as long as you don't think the plan is you your goal is to make tribal as quick and easy as possible um which i get like if i'm on the island i'm doing it too but it right. makes for not great television. And so it's nice to see when people when I think, you know, this week, maybe Caroline knew with Idol and Carson, like they were fine to go at it and like let some sparks fly like they were going to come out. OK, um, so it was just it was fun. Yeah. And I just like to say at this point, like there's maybe 20 minutes left in the episode when they go to tribal. I was terrified. Um, I was so right. terrified. I was just like, why is this episode moving so quick? Uh, <laughs> I was like, are there a bunch of advantages I'm forgetting about? Are we going to have to like go make fire or something? Like, what is going on here? Um, yeah, and I didn't feel like it missed anything as well. Like, we we got the traditional comeback from camp. We got some camp life. We got the challenge. Those didn't seem rushed at all. And then we got the pre-tribal that like did a really great job of setting up tribal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have this long tribal, which was a bit surprising, I guess. This and was a very get... effective week of no reward episode like, or no reward challenge. Like I'm a big reward challenge guy for the most part. But this week they did a very nice job of only doing one challenge, but still a they put the challenge in the middle of the episode, which I feel like I've been complaining about for a long time is challenges coming too early in episodes. They put it smack dab in the middle, which was right. And to your point, the pacing of this week just felt really right. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like we got a lot of everything, but we still finished in an hour, which is pretty, pretty remarkable, I think. Yeah. Uh, anything else to say about, like, that tribal discussion? 
I've got quite a few more. Um, first off, so <laughs> the beef that we alluded to between Danny and Carolyn was kind of about Carolyn said, you know, it's nice when we have our days off. You know, I was able to go swimming, yada, yada. And she's like, but then we come back and we have these crazy days where there's just a rush and a plan and you're so nervous and you can't think about anything but the vote in the, the game. Um, and so she's kind of made more of this cyclical thing where you have like off day, good day, and then bad day for vote day. Right. And Danny presented this kind of like, at first I thought he was being like really rude and dismissive of her. But then on my rewatch, I had like actually heard his point. And I was like, oh, okay, this is a decent point. He feels like his first tribal, like it, the first couple of days out there, he was very uneasy, yeah. like leading into his first tribal. And now as he's gone to more, he's gotten more accustomed to it. He feels a lot better about each one as he goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, just, I actually thought that was a really interesting thing. Like, oh, you know, your arc and how comfortable you get on the island looks very different for each person, which is something I'd never really thought about before. Um, and I was curious, Tim, do you have a bucket you think you'd put yourself in? Would you would you get better over time at tribal, Ooh. or would you have good day bad day system? Uh, I think that it'd always be nerve wracking to me. I don't I don't know if it would get better or you know I I'd say I'd probably put myself in the Carolyn spot. Okay. Of like, you know, some days you're feeling a little bit more confident than others, and maybe uh, it's it's not like a stressful of a of a tribal, but. Some days, maybe you think people are gunning for you, and it could be a bit tricky. Um, yeah, I, I'd say, like, probably side with Carolyn, but I can also see Danny's point. I think he just maybe brought it up and, like, kind of could be seen as, like, a bit dismissive. He brought it up in the most terrible way. Like, it, Right. Initially, the first time that I watched it, I didn't even process what his comment was really saying because <laughs> it just sounded so offensive that I was like, he's just being an asshole right now. Um and I stand by that take because, to your point, he really brought it up in a way that made you think, oh, he's just being a jerk. Uh, but the point and itself is it? actually a fine point. Um, and I, I, I side with him. I think that, like, over time, I would get a lot more comfortable with, like, the cycle of tribal council and, like, getting used to what to expect there. I'm sure you definitely still do have days where you're more nervous than other days, but I definitely feel like if I could survive the, like, first two tribal councils, I could make it a decent ways, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think maybe if you're dealing with like a rewards day or you have a day off where there's no challenges or anything like I think going back to tribal and that cycle can just be <laughs> once you've been out of it for a little bit. Um, True. That I definitely feel like that could be a thing. Um, what was it that Lauren added to that conversation? Do you remember? Because I, I think she said something after that. Maybe she was siding with Danny a little bit. I think she was siding with Danny, but I think she also got the read that we did that he was like a jerk about it. So I think she was trying to back up his point because she agreed with it, like making it sound better. <laughs> but then like it actually did make it worse. Because right. her learning her choice was basically you either can play the game intelligently or emotionally. Um, kind of yeah. the crux yeah. of her point. Right. I don't think that's what she meant. And she was quick to walk it back when she got called out. But it was definitely a malformed <laughs> thought, to put it simply. <laughs> Yeah. And then Jeff gets involved. <laughs> oh, Jeff. Right. And, and, and this one, I'm going to like Jeff made a really awful like he had a really bad quote, but they had a really good quote. So I'll call them both out. Um, so after they do this back and forth and Carolyn basically goes, no, Danny, you're wrong. I don't think that's how it works. It really annoyed me how Jeff is just like, wow, Carolyn, you'll just say anything. And I'm like, well, really, Danny's the that's one who what... kind of started this. <laughs> Like, he's the one That's who went like, after her point 
first. Like, I feel like she has a right to defend herself. So I was very annoyed that like he singled out. Yeah, Karen. I feel like that was not necessary. Also, Paul. that's kind of the point of tribal, like, or what I enjoy about tribal this airing of grievances. Just right. That's like the fun part. <laughs> that's what makes it entertaining. Yeah. Right. We're literally both talking about how this is the best tribal of the season. Then Jeff's over here like, you'll really just say anything, won't you? Like begging oh, them to you not could... just say anything. Oh, you should maybe get some sleep. Yeah, yeah, that was it. You're sleep deprived. Oh, what an idiot. Um, but then he does come back a couple seconds later. And I, this is a good point from Jeff. Um, you know, he just basically says, you really should speak up. You never like this is someone's last tribal council. And I definitely feel like that would be like, I feel like that point hit home with me because I was thinking about like, yeah, if I'm there and I feel like I'm getting bad vibes, and I think it might be me. I feel like I would shut down at tribal instead of going mm-hmm. like last dying breath desperation. Yeah. Play. The- so I liked his point about, you know, this is someone's last tribal council. You should always make sure that you're you said everything you want to say in case tonight's your last night. I thought that was a good reminder. Mm hmm. Was there anything else? I think we got like this Carson speech, which was kind of reminiscent of like what we've seen this season with like Matt <laughs> kind of just like that last desperate speech in some ways. Um, yeah. It's like, Oh, I might be going home tonight. Uh, I don't yeah, really I, remember the sentiment, but Carson had two really like wholesome moments. The episode, the first being when Carolyn revealed to him that she'd found the Tika idol and he just, his reaction is, I'm sure, glee and like, oh, she might play this for me. That's probably why she's telling me yay. But also like a very wholesome, like, I'm proud of you, like, good for mm-hmm. you um, kind of thing, which I really liked. And then this one as well, just saying how he's appreciated this time on the game. And he made a point that really hit home with me. And I could tell when they panned over to the jury, you saw Kane's reaction to this point as well. And I think it, it probably hit home for a lot of us. And he was just talking about how at home he doesn't really always like super fit in or whatever. and how. Uh, the example he gave was how he had just learned the bro handshake last month, you know, <laughs> and I really respected him for saying that as someone who's also like just recently learned the bro handshake. Like, I don't know. It, it definitely does. I don't know what point I'm trying to make. It, I really liked that part from him. I think he does a very good job, like summarizing things and like just making things tangible and palatable, which is definitely like a very, clutch skill for a person with his raw intellect to have um but it was just a very like wholesome moment that i enjoyed from him yeah i agree with that Um, i don't really remember what else he said but the the bro shake part really (laughs) stuck out to me and i liked that part so oh the other thing he talked about was being a younger player um and how like what how scared he was about being a younger player and i think that's such a blown up storyline like generally the only people where being a young player causes them problems is when they're obsessed with the fact that they are a young player, right? And they, like, try to hide their age or some crap. Like, like Sammy did that last season, you know? Um, like, I think back to Will in Millennials versus Gen X, everything. That man did not have a confessional about how young he... That was not about... <laughs> he did not have a confessional that was about anything but his age. Um, and so it's been really nice to just see, you know, younger Carson just kind of come on here and just get to be... a like a mature young person who's not making this it, about his age. Like I, and I like respected that. and respected by his tribe mates as well. Like, yeah, I think, I think that's probably the biggest fear is that like, because you're younger, you might not be respected by like the elders of the tribe or something. 
are taken seriously as like maybe a college student or we saw like in Will's case who is like in a senior in high school um that they won't be taken as seriously as like a strategic mind or something um yeah I think a lot of the times also like that youth kind of gets in the way like we've seen with Carson he's very calculated I think a a lot of the younger people are like the exact opposite of that very very bold not thinking things through i i'd say i'm not sure if you're trying to add someone but as you're giving this description all i can think is jd from 41 (laughs) yep yeah he's in there he's in there as well um i'm trying to think of who else i'm trying to think how how sammy played last season i think he played kind of well yeah, I think Sammy's play was fine. I think 43 in general, like, that play was so odd and individual that season. It was weird. But I think he played fine. But again, I just feel like he made his big deal about his age. And much like the right. idol, right? The idol is best played when you kind of forgot about it. Bringing up the age card is best when, like, oh, that's right. You do need to keep that in mind, you know, versus I think I think sometimes Survivor focuses on hitting you over the head on certain points. And age is often one of those points. It's best served when it comes up very naturally and organically. And it's just Carson able to talk about like that experience at tribal, not how everything has always been about his age. Yeah. It almost gives that same like paranoia of like the people with their occupations. Oh, I'm a doctor or a lawyer or a cop or something. People are going to go for me first because they think, I don't know, something related to my job is going to help me in this game. Um, that's a great point. When, when was the last time anyone actually cared about a profession on this show? Like, I do think I mean, back we, in the day, like, like Gary Hawkins Landscaper, right? So Guatemala 11. Um, yeah, I think people would have cared back in the day if you were a pro football player on the show for a million dollars. I just don't think people will care that much anymore. Like, I, I could be wrong. I could definitely be wrong. But I think if you go on this show now and you're like, yeah, I'm a doctor. No one's like, oh, we got to get this guy out of here because he's a doctor. <laughs> Not not that it's comforting, but there are a lot of dumb doctors in the world. I mean, think back to season one. The guy who voted alphabetically was a brain surgeon. So (laughs) I think that's everything you need to know about whether you need to be scared based on their profession in this show. I think think lying about it is often the bigger problem, right? That happened to Josh. I don't think anyone would have cared that Josh was a doctor. They cared that he lied about being a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that brings up some very good points. Um... After that tangent, do we want to get back into things? I think was there so. any other discussion, or do we want to talk about Carolyn going into the voting booth? <laughs> um, as as my segue for this, I'll say that the music during Tribal Council added so much drama that like you you need to go back and watch it if you think that the music did not overtly influence like. Honestly, the music throughout this whole episode, like I said, was just straight fire. But especially at Tribal Council, it was such a driving force in the way you're like perceiving comments as well as like. Just the tone, right. and it, we it felt like this week we built up to this big vote, and a lot of that was buoyed by how long Carolyn spent in the voting room. I don't know what you call that place, voting booth, <laughs> but um, like they they just did such an effective job of building drama this week. Again, in a way that did not use advantages, which is so good when you can see that they're able to engineer this like mm-hmm. this good storyline, good thing where it's just players playing the game and they're still able to make a good cohesive episode about it. like. That's what you want to see going forward. And this week was just excellently edited. Um, but to your point, Carolyn, yeah, she goes into the voting booth. She's doing some math on her hands. She's figuring stuff out. I would kill to know how long she was in there for. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that would be interesting to know how long that she was in there uh, and how what? long it takes people typically. Like, we don't really know. How long do you think she was just in kinda... there? I'm guessing, like, the average person's have... in there for, like, 45 seconds. I bet she was in there for, like, seven minutes. Seven minutes? <laughs> I bet that so. That seems like a ridiculous... I you see the looks on their faces. People... Those looks on their faces were not we are on okay. three, is was... all I'm going to say. Like, those looks on their faces were we have been here a disgusting amount of time. What in the world is she doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree with that. But I think it could just be out of, like, proportion from, like, what the, like an outlier from what the normal amount of time is. I don't know yeah, if people fair. are normally spending a ton of time in there. Um, but, like, now we don't even see uh, the voting booth confessionals anymore. So do they even give those anymore? I was wondering that, too. Um, I, don't, I don't even... I doubt they even in. give them anymore. They probably don't even <laughs> okay. bother. Um, I, now, that I being thinking, said, if I'm on Survivor, am I absolutely giving a send-off to each person I vote for? You know I am. <laughs> so, even if there's no camera, I'm staying into the wall. Yeah. Um... The only thing I could think of when Carolyn was just like counting and doing all that stuff was like the scene from The Hangover when uh, Zach Galifianakis is like trying to uh, count cards and there's oh. like all the numbers like flying. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The meme classic. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so... I do respect her though. That's the difference between Carolyn and I is I would be way too embarrassed if I had to do that and I would just like write something down without thinking about it and just be like, no, I got, I just got to get it done. Where she's, she's like, no, I'm no gonna actually shame. get this right. She has no shame. No about. shame. Um, and she I, ended up crossing out Lauren's name. Wild. I think wild. The, this arguably one of the dumbest mistakes you can make in this game is writing a name on your parchment, changing your mind, and then not fully <laughs> crossing out that name. Okay? But the only thing dumber than that that she could have done is be the obvious person who's taking forever to decide her vote <laughs> and then decide to cross out a name on her partner. I mean, you don't know for sure, right? But you go back to that beach and you're going to say, I wonder who had the parchment with the name crossed off was. I'm guessing you're going to give it to the person who spent seven minutes in the voting booth. <laughs> that's, like the, um, leap. that's like the I think you should leave skit with the hot dog car. Yeah. You yeah. see that one where who he done this? <laughs> We're all looking for the guy who did this. We all just want to find the guy who did this. Um, yeah, so we get back. Uh, very suspenseful, idle play. Jeff's about to say where, whatever his line is before they go to the vote or go to read the votes. He starts to say it even. He starts to say it. What if he was just like, no, no, that would have been amazing. Carol would have killed him on the spot. She would have lit that man on fire. As as we'll talk about later, it probably wouldn't have mattered, but it would have like, been good voting, for her, voting wise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she could have kept it, but like, um, do you want to just get into that now? Yeah, I think I I actually like went into that. Um, you know, I'm thinking to myself, okay, so Carolyn either plays or doesn't play her idol here, and like we do have four situations, right? Like, either way, I felt like this episode was somehow gonna win or lose Carolyn the game, right? Because you play the idol. And you nullify the votes on Carson. That's an amazing play. And you will absolutely get credit for that at the end. Right? 
you don't play the idol and you don't need to, well, then that's an insane, like, balls of steel hold to it, right? <laughs> um, and then I kind of thought the other situation was, like, uh, you play the, you don't play the idol and Carson goes home, eh, whatever, that's probably fine, you keep the idol. Alan could go either way. I really didn't think there was a world, though, where she could play the idol, but not need to have played it. Um, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I did not think they were going to be able to flip those Lauren Jamie votes, and they did, and that, that was impressive. Yeah. That was yeah. very impressive. I'm a bit surprised by that as well. Um, like you said, though, like I think that idol play, like even if it wasn't 100% necessary because Carson didn't receive the votes, um, you saw the, the faces of the jury. They were impressed. They were into it. <laughs> I think that was... I, I said earlier in this episode... You know, I don't think every idol play needs to be successful for it to be a good idol play. This was a good idol play. This was a good insurance policy. It was a measured move for a very close ally of yours. This was not a waste of an idol by any means, even though it didn't no. get played successfully. No. Yeah. To your point, you and still got the jury recognition. They were still impressed. Like, And it's definitely more... Uh, I don't know what the word to say... Um... Like, it's, it's definitely more impressive of a play than just like, oh, we're getting to the end here, whatever, final five, final four, when your last chance is to play the idol. And it's just like, I'm going to save myself for the next. <laughs> I'm safe yeah. for the next uh, round here for the next vote. For um, sure. So, so it was a good move on her part. Um, Danny Agreed. goes home. Um, what did you think of the De Niro thing? What were your thoughts? <laughs> I personally thought it was hilarious. I really, I thought it was, it was a decent De Niro. I gotta say, it was decent. It wasn't I, great, but it was it pretty felt, good. It felt very on brand. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, I love when anyone goes home like a good sport. Uh, I really do like that. I think if you're bitter for getting voted out, uh, it's a bad look for you most of the time. Um, and no, I, I liked that Danny was a good sport. I very much agree with him that if I want to get voted out on Survivor, I want it to be some cool blind side. I don't want it to be some lame thing where everyone just agreed I needed to go home. Yeah. So, no, that is my that is my dream for how I handle getting my torch snuffed. Not the De Niro part, but like the general attitude <laughs> was wonderful. Yeah, it was good. And it was my only comment on that was it was like this cringe, like it was edited. So it was so long, like the silence. <laughs> I loved how Jeff just let him. Keep Jeff, going. Jeff was, was stone faced. Jeff was just like gonna let him keep going until he embarrassed himself out. But I, um, I think in the in the exit interview that I watched earlier today, because we're recording the day after, um, just so you all know that. <laughs> so that's how you know it's one of our worst episodes. Yeah. So it's how you know it's one of our bad episodes. Um, Danny was talking about how how Jeff like talked to him afterwards and he was like, yeah, I mean, good for you. You you went out on your own terms. Like Jeff was enjoying it. It wasn't like Jeff was like, oh, this guy's crazy. He was just like, yeah, do you. <laughs> yeah, no. And that, that part of Jeff, you know, Jeff definitely does like enjoy these contestants. Like I, I you can never tell me that Jeff Probst doesn't care. Uh, like, yeah, you can't level that, levy right. that criticism against him. He you can levy that he's dumb. I'll accept that one, but <laughs> Jeff does like these people. He cares about them. He wants them to have their moment in the in the sun. Mm-hmm. I that's cool. All right. Uh, so you said you had some overarching comments here. My my first one. So this is actually going to go off the scenes from next week, right? So okay. basically, we get this kind of reveal where Jam Jam goes. I think it's supposed to be a big like gasp <laughs> moment. Jam Jam goes. Carolyn can win this game. 
we got to vote her out of here, right? Do you think yeah. there is a world in which Caroline, Caroline ever votes for someone who blindsided her to win this game? Huh. And you can think about that no. if you need to. I don't, no, I don't think she does. Not. I don't think she would ever vote for anyone who blindsides her. Yeah. Um, with that, I'll also say I feel like we've had this tease for the last however long three or four weeks that tika is turning on each other yeah like true. every week it's like some weird quote some out of context thing or like oh this is maybe something i should consider and then we watch the episode and it's like oh it doesn't it didn't actually happen I stick at all. together <laughs> i guess um, the last week carolyn was left out of the vote and that was like a big thing but i think they're sticking together for at least till final four or final three or whatever i think they might be in it for the long run at this point right yeah that would be that'd be interesting i would actually love a tika final three i think that'd be super interesting you know at least from our outsider's perspective you could kind of make the argument for any of them winning and i think you'd have a valid one i don't know if that's how it is on the island or if that's how they're perceived but like theoretically i think that'd be a really fun final three i think realistically they're all mean enough where they would like they would definitely point out the flaws to each other's gameplay, but they would still like have a lot of respect for each other. So, ah, I would be very down with the Tika three as our final three. Yeah, I would as well. I think it's probably realistic that it's going to be like maybe two of them and then one of either Jamie, Heidi or Lauren um, getting dragged as like a goat. Yeah, I could see that too. I, I um, think that's the realistic scenario here. I, I think it would be like a very entertaining tribal to have all three of them make it, but I think someone's going to flip or they're going to just decide, okay, someone's too powerful here. We got to take them out. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I mean, like, early in the season, right? Or when we were doing our cast overviews, I said Carolyn either goes home early, which didn't happen. She wins this game. Wins the whole thing. Or she gets blindsided in the most gut-wrenching fashion ever. And I think two of those things look very likely to me. I think, right. I think one of those two things is going to happen. So, um, you know, I think we have a decent shot at that. It, oh. it should be very interesting how this all plays out. Um, you know, I think, like I said, it's going to be the... Mo- if the Tika 3 make it to the end, that would be the most entertaining of all the options that were given here i feel like the other people have been overshadowed a lot and just in the edit and unless they're making some big moves here at the end like i can't really get excited about any of them yeah i would agree even Um, you as as your uh heidi winner pick evan (laughs) i'm gonna say this uh heidi has been Mm, I don't know. I don't know, man. Her play has <laughs> not been inspiring. I'll put it that way. Like I said earlier, she seems a step behind. I think in terms of my winner picks, yeah, I'd like Heidi to win. In terms of who will give me the most satisfying conclusion of this season, I think I would love anyone but Heidi to win. So I won't be heartbroken if I'm wrong on this one. Um, yeah, I, I just I, I, I don't think I'd be satisfied with Jamie winning either, but <laughs> OK, this actually brings up another one of my points. We've been getting some weird winner edits recently. All right. The Gabler, we, we, we started with the Erica, the under the radar, right? 
Yeah. And then we got the Marianne, kind of a similar under the radar one big move right at the end, her coming out party, if you will, right? We had Mike Gabler, the Alla Gabler hiding in plain sight. <laughs> Is this the Jamie? I'm just here to be a positive fun person on this island to live with and they're going to reward me for winning. I don't think so. But we're starting to see just enough of Jamie where I we're getting a very similar arc that we got with Erica and Marianne in terms of screen time with Jamie. I I don't think so. This (laughs) This group doesn't seem bitter enough to want Jamie to win just because she wasn't mean to them. Like I think if Jamie's in 43 though I think Jamie would win 43. I'll say. I'm going to be honest. I think that there are enough people left in this game where someone who's played a better game is going to make it to the final tribal. Like, there's no chance. Like, unless she somehow her stock rises dramatically by making some big moves or something towards the end here, I can't see her winning. Um, yeah. I think I think and that's kind of how I feel. She'll about... be very much hurt by this not, or at least it doesn't seem like it's going to be a bitter jury, right? For for Jamie to win, she would need a bitter jury who's pissed at everyone else who's up there, right? And then she's the happy no, one. No, but comparison. they're absolutely not. But this like, group is not a bitter jury. Not... You can tell they're all having fun. They all like each other for the most part. I don't think we're gonna have a bitter jury this time around. So I don't think she will. But it was just a huh, interesting little arc. If you're an edgic person, who knows? Yeah. What right now. Uh, um, okay. I hope not. On to my I was next gonna one. say I was gonna oh. say something really bold and say like I will never watch this show ever again. <laughs> we're holding him to that. Everyone heard it. Everyone write down in the comments that you were a witness to Tim saying I'll walk never that watch back. the show again if Jamie wins. I'll walk that back. I'll just say I'll be extremely disappointed <laughs> in whatever the editing, her game, the jury, whoever there is to be disappointed in. I will be disappointed in them. Yeah, no, I'd okay. agree. If Jamie wins and this is the edit we got for her win. I will take back the good things I've said about editing this season. But it <laughs> just right. isn't out of the realm of possibility yet. Okay. What do you have to say? Up next. I talked about the white dog theory. All right. Okay. This is me putting on the tinfoil hat here. This is me on a second watch at like 1 a.m. delirious. I talked about the dog, the, the white dog alliance here. It's Carson's dog Twitter, right? Yeah. We said... How is she posting this right now? Like, if this group actually goes far, isn't that a spoiler? Tim, what if it's an inverse spoiler? An inverse spoiler? What if that whole group goes home? Ooh. What if that whole group's on the jury together? Ooh. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. I refuse to believe that that dog doesn't hold deeper meaning. (laughs) And when that dog doesn't hold deeper meaning, I will cry about it. But I want there to be something more there. You so desperately want to be right. I am here. craving it. I want all the fixins with this dog. Okay. <laughs> I need this to be okay. true. I don't know why, but I do. Okay, Evan. Um, right. I mean, that's a good theory, and it's it's going to be published uh, on this podcast. So, if I'm right, you, you've heard it here first. <laughs> you know, I, I'm a big football fan, and when we talk about like teams, the draft, right? There's kind of like two strategies, and it's either you trade up to like get the better players if you think mm-hmm. you're going to hit on your picks, right? Okay. Or you trade down because you just want to have a lot of chances to hit on your picks. And so maybe you're right. not getting the, the top player you always want, but you're getting quite a few good players, and maybe some of them will be better, right? Mm-hmm. 
I'm a big trade down guy. I'm a big like it's kind of a crapshoot. You know, you don't know who does well in college versus the pros, whose games will translate, whose games will grow, right. whose will get worse. I feel that way about Survivor takes. It's just hard. Throw, to, throw as many takes out there. Just throw stuff out there and see what <laughs> sticks, you know. Um, maybe I'll start doing some science on it eventually and be like, all right, this is the group of things that work, and these are the ones that don't. Okay. For now, now we're about volume, all right? So I'm going to keep tossing my crazy takes out there. So, so this is like, what is this, point two on your list of takes here for, for the episode? Something like that. How many takes do you have? Uh, I, I have What's a lot. What's the next one? Too. All right, all right. Uh, next one, let's see. Oh, okay. I brought up early in this season how I thought this was going to be a big duo season, right? We've seen a bunch of like pairs Ooh, of duos. Right. So we had the Franny Matt thing. I was like, oh boy, it's duo time. <laughs> right now he's foaming at the mouth and, you know, all that. Um, what we have left now, we have one trio, obviously the Tika three, the three Stooges, and we have a duo in Lauren and Jamie who have. We've been pretty close this whole time, I would say. I think they count as a duo at this point. They voted I don't know. We'd, we'd never know because we don't actually see anything about them being That's close. That's true. But <laughs> Aside we from to voting they vote together. together every time. So we have to assume they're at least a little close. Yeah. So we're going to see. We're going to put the duo trio theory to the test just a little bit here. You know, if I were a betting man, would I side with the trio at this point? Absolutely. A trio and six is pretty good numbers. But... We're going to get a little microcosm of my theory here, and that'll be fun for me in the final episodes of the season. I liked that. Okay. Do you have more takes, Evan? I have one more take for you, Tim. I've been okay. procrastinating this one. I've alluded to it the past couple weeks, but I'm ready to fully say it. <laughs> okay. He's won me over. Carson's Carson. Done. Carson. I'm a Carson fan now. I You're a Carson fan. It. He's too good. That would be the thing. Like, does his has his personality won me over a little bit? He seems pretty pretty chill and pretty sweet, and I like that. But he is outside of Carolyn. I might give Carolyn a strategic nod as well. He is running circles around everyone else on this season, right? I'd say it's not even close how hard it is. Like other people are walking ten feet in a straight line. Carson's ran ten <laughs> miles by that time in terms of strategy, at least from an outsider's perspective. And yeah. I yeah. And he's also got a good social game, which I valued. So as much I, it's, as maybe it's I don't a very like good, him, I like Carson. Yeah, it's a very good um, under the radar player. Like he's playing the game, which it's, is it, he's playing the game and still staying under the radar, which is impressive from what and, we've seen past seasons with under the radar players. It's like, oh. It, it kind of feels like they're riding coattails or something until they make one he's big very... move right at the end. Yeah. <laughs> but he's been here the whole time doing it. Yeah. He's been I... sticking around. Um, I would say that his threat level is going up a bit because for sure, for sure. I mean, he almost went home this week, but you know, he's playing a great game. And it has been fun to see a male get the under the radar at it. Like again, that it, I, I, I think that I would play this game really similarly to Carson, which is probably part of why I like him quite a bit. Like, just very up on the strategic and the social portions of the game. Like, right. very aware of his actions and where they lead. I like that we get to see a man have an under-the-radar edit. That's not an edit men get very frequently. And it's good to change it up. Just like I like getting to see the Sarah Lucina woman in the driver's seat edit, not something you get every day. Mm -hmm. And it's fun to have it be a change-up. 
also like a strong social edit like a strong social game you don't you don't see that as often with men on definitely the show, I would say. they definitely focus on the other two for men more um and i i do think carson's had a very good strategic game so i want to take that away but would you ultimately car- call Carson a social or a strategic player so far? I would say he's a social player. Hmm. As wild as that sounds, yeah. I think I would. Yeah. Yeah. If if given the choice, I, guess I think he's I done both. I think that you, way. Could, you could classify he, him he as either. He's extremely strategic. He, he's in the middle of that Venn diagram for sure. But if I'm picking one, which one am I more impressed by his social or strategic game? I'm more impressed by his social game. Yeah. He's outplaying, outwitting, outlasting. Fair enough. <laughs> uh yeah, I I'd be impressed if he won. I would be happy with it. Like I said, any of the Tika three I'd be happy winning. Uh, I'm not so sure about the rest. But Tika three final three. Let's get it. Anything else to add? Any more hot takes here, Evan? No, I'm done. That was it. I've exhausted my, my repository. I'll reload for All the right. Week. Well, this has been your special hour-long episode of Buffs and Blindsides. We'll be back with hopefully a shorter episode next week. Never. Or maybe we'll just expand to 90 minutes, you know? <laughs> CBS did it. Yeah, if maybe CBS we can go from 60 to 90, we can go from 45 to 60. It seems only fair. Yeah, okay. Uh, Buffs and Blindsides, thanks for listening. We'll be back again some point next week. See ya. See ya.